family-owned shop in Loganville, Sosby's Garage, for all your automotive repair needs. We service all makes and models, foreign and domestic. We repair engines, alternators, brakes, alignments, AC systems, and more, using certified technicians with over 90 years of combined experience. We also offer same-day service for some repairs. Sosby's Garage, 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville. Dependable, honest, and fair. Look us up on Google or Facebook. We'll take good care of you. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey everybody, welcome to Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services, and we're excited to be with you again today on Business Radio X. We're coming to you from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located at the beautiful Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. Each week we plan to feature businesses in the Atlanta area, especially those that serve Gwinnett County. While all businesses have security concerns, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and all related aspects of security through the course of each show. Our guest today, I'm very happy to have three young ladies. Uh, they are with the Mosaic Georgia, and Mosaic Georgia is a, I guess that would it be the best thing, to, a rape crisis or a sexual abuse crisis center uh, that's located here in Gwinnett County. The address will remain unknown. <laughs> but um, I've got Marina Peed. She is the um, executive director. I lost my track there. Executive director. I have Lindsay Ferreira. That's right. And she is the managing director. And then I have Era Davis, and she's the director of operations and marketing. Yep. Glad to have all of y'all here. I mean, I usually like to start off, and we'll, since there's three of you, we'll make it fairly brief, but I'll kind of get an idea of who we're talking to so people know. So, Marina, who are you? How did you, where'd you come from, and how did you get into this? Thank you for having us, Rick. Oh, um, absolutely. We really, really appreciate it. Um, my name is Marina Peed, and I actually began as a crisis volunteer when it was Gwinnett Rape Crisis in the early 90s and uh, stayed involved as a volunteer working on promoting community awareness and so on. Um, and two years ago, I stepped in as the executive director of what was then Gwinnett Sexual Assault Center and Children's Advocacy Center. And in 2018, we went through a rebranding uh, to the name Mosaic Georgia. And it's about, we help people put the pieces of their lives together after having experienced some sort of uh, sexual violence. Oh, that's, you know, I love the name Mosaic. That's what our rotary is. Um, how about you, I'm Lindsay? Yeah, Rick, thank you so much for having us as well. But um, yep, my name is Lindsay Fajera and I am the managing director with Mosaic Georgia. Um, I came to Mosaic Georgia back in May of 2011. So um, I've been while. with yes, I've been with the organization for almost nine years now, and very heavily involved in the direct services um, avenue of things. So primarily the advocacy area of things. So I've really enjoyed my time. Fantastic. Yeah. And Era? Yeah, so I came on in December of 17 as one of the forensic nurses um, and quickly realized that I wanted to be more involved with the organization than just an on-call 
night and weekend responding to cases. So they were gracious enough <laughs> to let me um, come in and hang around and ask a lot of questions. And um, so then, lo and behold, it yeah, put you to work. then I ended up being <laughs> full time. So, hey, <laughs> I love it, though. <laughs> That's the way a lot of this stuff where a lot of times it uh, starts out as a volunteer effort. And then all of a sudden you realize uh, you're not a volunteer anymore. You're just in there right up to your elbows. And it's great to have people that have so much focus and like what they're doing and so much that it means so much to them, I guess, that, that they really get involved to the level that you all have. For those that don't know, Mosaic Georgia works 24-7 to enhance the safety, health, and justice for all the victims of sexualized violence. And I know that you're one of our clients and we help out in the in in ways that that y'all need as far as you know making sure that the people that come in feel safe uh, I know that there are security questions anytime you have a victim uh, mm -hmm. you have the the alleged perpetrator I'll use that word which I don't normally use because they're perpetrators but mm -hmm. the alleged perpetrator you don't want them trying to intimidate or or harm or anything else the people that are trying to get help um, one of the things that I'd like to know and I know that everybody goes, is tell us about the services that are actually provided to the individuals one of the things I'll um, I'm gonna have Lindsay go through more of the services but your point about the role paradigm security has played for us has really been important most of the um, the victims or clients, the people that come to our services, mm -hmm. uh, have law enforcement involved. So particularly if it's a child um, case and about 60% of the people we serve are kids, um, law enforcement is already involved and they're present at, they come to the center. Um, but we also serve adults who, for a variety of reasons, don't feel comfortable involving law enforcement and or they didn't get the response that they wanted but they're still within time for us to provide the medical exam care and preserve evidence and for the safety of our staff as well as um, the clients that are visiting us we call on paradigm security to bring in that security um, for for all of our particularly our off hours and so we couldn't serve as many victims uh, without without your help well, I appreciate that. We we actually enjoy being able to do what we can for y'all. Uh, it's it's very important um, the service that you provide uh, to people. That you know, real quick before we go into the services, we'll, we talked a little bit about it. And you, I asked you how's business, and you said, well, you know, it's good. It's up, and, and I don't know if that's good or not. But you know, my feeling is that yes, it's good if your business is up because. The, basically the number of victims are still out there uh, basically the same regardless of whether your business is up or your business is down but by your business being up it means that more people are realizing that you're there and that there's help that's exactly right um, the national statistics are only about 35 percent of these kinds of crimes are reported to law enforcement Absolutely. and so the more people that we're able to serve just means we're able to help more people find a sense of safety and health and justice moving forward and reclaiming their lives. And, and like you say, a lot of those aren't even reported. Right. Some of them need the help, but so you've got 35% or that you get out there, but you know, you're able to help a bigger percentage of that. Exactly. And you have a lot of people that don't report that come in to get the help, which is, is very important. 
and they might come in years after exactly the assault occurred but they they need help in kind of putting things together and become their strongest selves there's a counseling effect that you know people need sometimes to be able to vent right and that's that's sometimes bigger than the medical part is just being able to vent and get it out and tell somebody right we try to hold a space for people to be themselves and without judgment or asking all kinds of invasive questions um, sometimes questions have judgment behind them sure so kind of creating a safe space for people to just be I think is really important I totally agree so tell us about the services that you provide to individuals yeah, so um, as you had mentioned previously, Rick, we're a 24-7 center. So we do have a crisis line that's accessible 24-7. So we have advocates that are staffed 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, and if any, they do need to come in for a forensic medical exam, we're also able to provide that service to them as well. And then also forensic interviews. And we also have a legal services department as well that's able to provide some legal assistance to victims of sexual assault and or sexual abuse. Well, I think it's important that, you know, for people to know that no matter when it is, they can reach out. And a lot of times people don't want to go to a hospital. Uh, there's just too many people that, that, that it's almost like they've got to, they feel judged because there's so many people and, and a lot, they feel like a lot of them know why they're there. And they can come to y'all for some confidentiality, still get the same results, the same tests, and be able to move forward. So that, that's awesome. Actually, um, in Gwinnett, Rick, they don't actually do these exams in the emergency department. Um, if a victim has responded to the emergency department and they are medically unable to leave the hospital, then our nurses have privileges to go on site and perform the um, forensic medical exam at the hospital, but that's obviously not ideal for the patient. So oh, yeah. um, if someone does respond to the hospital and, and says that they've been assaulted, um, the hospital is gonna reach out to us. They're gonna call us. So they're gonna then you know, transfer, send them to our center to have the exam performed at Mosaic, Georgia. Well, if it was something within the house that happened, they wouldn't feel comfortable someone mm -hmm. coming there. Yeah. Uh, so that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I know some of the, I think Fulton County, a lot of it happens at mm -hmm. like Grady mm -hmm. stuff, which just makes it uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. Yeah, Grady has a rape crisis center in their hospital. Um, but we will serve people from Gwinnett County, but actually from all over. We actually see several patients from North Fulton County as well. Um, and well, out of state, out of state, yeah. some <laughs> special needs folks. So the the SVU TV shows always show people going to the emergency department. Mm -hmm. And in some states, that is the predominant way of delivering the service but in Georgia more and more hospitals are getting away from providing that service and um, having them provided in sexual assault centers like ours so we have two exam rooms and we can do everything there and um, most sexual assaults do not result in physical injury that requires emergency mm -hmm. medical attention so it also helps to bring costs down from healthcare delivery uh, but it's also um, a much more confidential, pa confidential patient-friendly environment. Uh, that's just awesome. And there's no charges for any of our services, no co-pays, no fees. Wow, well, that's important. So the exams or rape kits and all are not done in the hospital. They're done right there locally within your facility. That's right. That, uh, that would make, I would think, a lot of difference to somebody with they're coming in to not have to 
mm-hmm. go back out and, and face people if if that's a problem with them, which most people it is. Mm-hmm. It's very very personal on something like that. Um, so, you know, you mentioned <coughs> law enforcement. How do y'all work with law enforcement? Yeah, so a lot of our referrals come through from law enforcement. So we're mandated reporters as a sexual assault children's advocacy center. Um, we are mandated reporters. So anybody that's seen at Mosaic Georgia under the age of 17 and under, um, law enforcement is usually accompanied with them and or the Department of Family and Children's Services. Um, we also do these um they're called multidisciplinary team meetings. So we collaborate with law enforcement, Department of Family and Children's Services, um, and our organization, the Children's Advocacy Center. Um, and we get together once a month to see how we can best serve, or if there's any loopholes, not necessarily loopholes, but if there's anything that we can do to assist um, the family, the victim, and their non-offending caregivers as well, additionally. So when it comes to actually being required to go to courts or anything, Mm -hmm. I would assume that y'all are there to provide whatever uh, advocacy that you need to within that court system, too. Yeah, you're totally correct. Yeah, we the advocates that we have on staff are able to accompany the clients, their non-offending caregivers to court. We actually have forensic interviewers on staff as well as our sexual assault nurse examiners. Um, they're usually called to testify as expert witnesses mm-hmm. um, for either prosecution or defense. Um, but yeah, we're usually called to explain, but also kind of talk through what a forensic interview is, what a forensic medical examination is as well. well. Let them know it's not an interrogation, it's an interview. That's right, that's right. Uh, so a lot of times that's important, especially to the person that's coming in. Uh, I know from being in law enforcement, there's a big difference between an interview and an interrogation. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot different on how it's received by the person on the other end of mm-hmm. it that you're either interviewing or interrogating. You're correct. So I guess that would be one of the main things that you're trying to make a difference in with these people that come in and giving them that space, that comfortable space, is to let them know that you're just interviewing them to see what happens. You're not interrogating them to try to approach, to try to prosecute somebody. That's their choice. Yep, and and they're using their own words to tell us what happened. We're not swaying the conversation one way or another. Um, so yeah, so with the forensic interviews, it's it's very much a semi-structured conversation with a child, um, and it's intended to elicit information from an alleged assault or multiple assaults that have may have happened as well. Do you create the written interviews from those? Are the written records from those so that if you do go to court, that advocate has all that information? So it's primarily the forensic interview will have all that information. And technically, with the forensic interview, it is a law enforcement work product. So law enforcement reaches out to us to request the forensic interview. Um, And it is always um, audio and video recorded. So a copy of that audio and video recording gets turned over to law enforcement, which if there are any charges that are brought forward, Um, it's usually entered into evidence as well. So the whole model of the Children's Advocacy Center's model actually is so that the child, it decreases the amount of times a child has to speak about what happened to them. So um, we do it as a very huge multidisciplinary team response, a sexual assault response team response, ideally. I think it's, it's more so we have the forensic interviewer there, law enforcement's present, um, DFACS, the Department of Family and Children's Services caseworker is present, and so they're sitting in a different room watching the interview from a separate room while the child is, or yeah, while the child or adolescent is speaking about what's happened, so that they don't have to talk about it multiple times. And a lot of times I think it's important that 
people understand that these interviews that are on tape and gone through that many times will keep the child from having to go into court and sitting and doing any kind of testimony that is their testimony that can be presented in court as evidence so that child doesn't have to be put out there or even an adult necessarily doesn't have to be put out there in a real sensitive situation in front of a courtroom in front of judges in front of a lot of people yeah. to reiterate this especially for kids mm -hmm. yeah. I think that would be really important well sexual assault is all over the news these days so why is it uh, that so many of the victims do not report right when it happens I mean that's one of the big things they talk about now years and years and years and years later there's so many reasons and I, I see it on social media all the time with the new things that come out and um, sexual assault it comes a, it, it spans a spectrum from co conversation comments that make you feel uncomfortable or threatened to groping to you know more aggressive physical attacks but it's also a power dynamic and there's um, people feel a risk of if I say something um, the societal pressures around well, my career us, will be over right it's going to affect it could affect my career it could affect my promotion uh, sometimes things are said uh, directly and then as a way to get that silence um, and then also society tends to allow that kind of boorish behavior to happen um, so there's a lot of reasons I think there's threats, uh, particularly if it's an employment situation, um, but also if it's in a family, disrupting your family life. Maybe the person that's doing this, that's taking advantage, um, is a provider or a leader in the community. And so there's social things, um, you know, what it, we grew up saying, you know, what, what goes on in the house days in the house right so we're not supposed to talk about our business and uh, if you get that message from a young age your voice doesn't it carries over into adulthood it does yeah yeah I can, I can see that um, I know that you know, the thing coming up with Weinstein and all that um, that's very much the approach that they're taking is that was the that was the feeling that if it, they could say something but basically no one was going to believe them, number right. one. And if they did believe them, then it was going to end their career. And if they, even if they didn't believe them, it was going to end their career if they said anything. So they kind of, you know, I can see that rock in a hard place they literally were in. Well, and then the people that might believe them don't exercise their power to affect the environment because that person also has control, control over them. Over them. Oh, yeah. So there's always these uh, trade-offs that happen, and then, you know, the bully wins. The boorish behavior is allowed to continue. So when we look at sexualized violence, we look at the individual, but then we have to look at their family and look at their community and society and really look at this as a public health issue and looking at approaching it from the individual to the collective. Well, every one of them has a ripple effect. That's right. And, and it, it's that, that one pebble that hits there may not be the big ripple, but the effects go way out. Mm -hmm. And then it can extend on for the rest of your life. Um, can you help uh, adults if they don't want to be involved with the police? 
We can. Yes, we can. So well, how, we, how do you all do that? Yeah, so we um, can provide a non-investigative forensic medical exam. So anybody over the age of 18, they are, you know, they can report it to law enforcement, but if they choose, may they may not be in a time or a place that they're wanting to report it. So if an assault has happened within the first 120 hours, um, we're able to see them at Mosaic Georgia and provide them with that forensic medical exam. We will actually store the evidence at our facility for up to a year, and then within that year, we'll give them a call and see how, if they want to proceed or if they don't want to proceed or how would they like to take it. Um, so you have tight controls on the chain of evidence? We do. We sure do. Well, that's good because that way if something does happen and they do, then you can provide that chain of evidence so that anything that's that's gotten is usable in law enforcement and a prosecution. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, yep. That, that's that's right. great because I know that there's always that risk of, of, of um, what am I looking for? Uh, contamination, contamination or a break yeah. in the chain. Yep. Yes. That contamination of the chain. There's yeah. always that chance that you got to really keep tight controls on that. It's important for victims to know that if they do um, want to have an exam and a rape kit evidence collected, that unless they report it to law enforcement, that kit will not be tested in Georgia. Now that varies state by state, but we will hold that evidence. It's secured. The it's literally locked up, mm -hmm. and the chain the chain of custody is preserved. Um, but the results, they're not, it's not going to be tested it, unless they want to do something with it. Right. That makes sense. Georgia won't, will not do that. So, but last year we had, um, I think, about 20 what we call non-investigative mm -hmm. exams. And four of those uh, people did decide later, you know what, I, I do want to report it. Um, a lot of time, you know, this is this is a this is a habit. It's a predatory behavior, and so sometimes people will find out, oh, he did this to so and so, or they find out that he that you know I'm not the only one. Well, thank goodness I had my exam, so now I'll call Mosaic and say, you know what, I do on a report. Or he just does it again and again and again to that person. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. I know that, um, you know, it's like I say, it's important to maintain that chain and be able to, to come back mm -hmm. if, if your situation changes. And it may just be nothing other than the fact that you're so embarrassed you just don't want to do it. And maybe you get a little counseling and they suggest, you know, you need to go ahead and follow through with this. And that counseling, in turn, gets them to come back to you all to open up. Having a support system is so important. Absolutely. You know, if you've got, if you've got a, a friend or a family member or a co-worker or a church friend or somebody that that um, that affirms your worth and experience then that gives people confidence to go ahead and say what happened and then go the next step because you're right once you call the police uniform shows up then an investigator shows like it's a big process to mm -hmm. go down the criminal justice path as Absolutely. well and um, our advocates are there to help kind of every step of the way so folks can understand what's happening and 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 why well the focus on law enforcement is not just to protect the victim's rights but it's also to protect the suspect's rights they right. have they have to work both sides of that absolutely they, they have to be impartial right and from your end of it you don't have to be impartial you're there as an advocate for the victim and then let the, if it goes farther then it's someone else's job to make the difference and do the evaluations on whether it's accurate, whether it's true, or whether it's, you know, we what the start, evidence is. Yes, we and in, in sexual assault centers and children's advocacy centers in general start by believing. Correct. And 
um, were not in the criminal justice. So the innocent until proven guilty, that's not our job. Nope, not at all. So we start by that. And then also there are some assaults that occur that the criminal justice system may not feel they have enough to convince a jury and remember jury are our peers in society and we know how society tends to look at these things so uh, enough evidence to convict doesn't mean that it didn't happen correct so i think because we can kind of hold these conflicting ideas in one space um, that that's why we're here well you know with the kids what do you tell parents who learn that their child may have been molested or abused? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, part of what we do at Mosaic Georgia as well, we provide family advocacy. So when a client does come in, a victim does come in to Mosaic Georgia, um, the family is also provided with an advocate to process all their, their feelings as well. Um, you know, there's no correct reaction. Everybody has a different reaction to something. However, for parents, it is important that they are able to manage their feelings um, in front of the child so that the child knows that they are in a place that it's safe and they're out of danger. And also, you know, reassuring that the chi- to the child that, you know, I love you. Um, you know, I believe you. I'm going to get you the best help that you can, you know, that I can find you as well. Do you ever have the situation come in where there's the, there's the parents and all that, and then there's a complaint made, and it turns out that the complaint that's made is made for a reason other than maybe it didn't happen the way that it came out. It happened, but let's say uh, they had other issues they wanted them to, the parent to get help for, so they did this to get somebody involved because nothing would happen. Um, you know, very rarely is a report made, a false report is made. Um, very rarely. I mean, I would say, I mean, I think there was a study that was done by the FBI, and I mean, what is it, only 3% of reports are false. So usually there is some truth to it. Um, it's not, I mean, like Marina said, you know, one of our big things is to start by believing. So we're there throughout that whole process of it. And then if it turns out to be false, you know, that's where we look to law enforcement and our collaborative partners to be able to find resources to assist them. And to be assist able them. to get somebody help mm-hmm. one way or the other. Yep, exactly. So, yep, absolutely. Well, what are the long-term effects um, on the people involved, on society, with this, with the sexual assault? Let's talk about trauma in the brain, Lindsay. <laughs> Yeah, so tr- you know, trauma is is a is is a crazy, and it f- it affects so many different ways. Um, there's actually a study by Rebe- Rebecca Campbell that came out, um, and you can actually go to YouTube and you can Google her. But she talks. I mean, the way she talks about trauma and how it's processed and everything else is is really. It, I mean, it's it's really eye opening. I mean, sh- we we talk about trauma and how it affects us. Is you know. I guess in law, I guess I'll go back to kind of like law enforcement shootings. I think law enforcement gets three, I think three sleep cycles before they're even interviewed mm-hmm. about what happened. Um, but a lot of times for sexual assault victims or child sexual abuse victims, they don't have that much time. It's usually once the disclosure is made, the next day usually something's set in motion and they're having to talk about what happened. Um, so Trump, I mean, it's Rebecca Campbell talks about this. Um, I mean, she gives an example how. I mean, if you get sticky notes and you put sticky notes, like you write down your day and you kind of put, oh, I ate breakfast 
this morning. I had this for dinner. And then you go through your whole day and you write everything you do every day, the, that whole day, and you come back maybe a day later and you try and put all those sticky notes in chronological order. Um, it, it It's really difficult. I mean, you could get three days out, a week out, or a month out and say, oh, you know, I, I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually cleaned my teeth before I ate breakfast that day. Um, and, it, and it goes back to trauma. The way trauma affects the brain is, is you know, it's it's kind of... There's, there's a lot to it. It's not there's just... There's a lot of suppression involved, mm-hmm. too. There is. And, and, of course, that affects memory. And the CDC, uh, I know a lot of people are going to the CDC website these days because of the coronavirus, but it's really, um, if you're going to be checking out interesting things, um, because <laughs> this really is a public health issue, yeah. they've got a whole section about adva- um, adverse childhood experiences. They call them ACEs. And... Um, neglect, emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, being in a household where there is uh, severe mental illness, alcohol or drug um, addiction, incarceration, divorce, uh, physical violence, like the environment in which our young brains and bodies are growing up affects the neurobiology, but also the physiology. And so um, without getting uh, acknowledgement, treatment, and support, if you've experienced any combination of those things, your risk for heart disease, for autoimmune diseases, for uh, depression, and other serious health issues uh, are increased. Well, it's so, just like blocks. It's one, you know, one block affects the other, affects the other, affects the other. It changes your DNA. You know, we all have cells mutating every day, um, oh, yeah. and these things can happen in a negative way. So these things set set people up. It affects your attention, so which can affect your learning. It can affect um, your understanding of relationships and how to engage, um, understanding of risky behavior, and it's because the brain is becomes rewired so when your brain tries to has a tendency to try to suppress what is the bad stuff so that it makes it easier for you to adjust to it and sometimes that's good sometimes it's not good Mm -hmm. but you know at least it it helps you learn it helps you better cope with it by suppressing certain emotions and it's just a natural process that it that it does you don't you don't like hurting you don't like feeling those feelings so it it's not a conscious suppression. It's just something that you don't even realize is happening. It is, and we all have that to varying degrees, right? Absolutely. Who's got a comfort food? You know, Girl Scout cookies are out right now. Give me <laughs> some Thin Mints thin and mints. Yep. yep. Give me some Thin Mints and vanilla ice cream, right? But it might be, you know, it it, it might be wine. It might be. It could be a lot of different things, I guess. A lot so. of alcoholics like that. Alcohol is their mm-hmm. suppression. Sure. Yeah. So, well, I guess the big question here is. What gives you hope? What gives y'all hope and, and the hope? What gives the center hope? I think each one of us might have slightly different things, but um, th- this is this is Marina. What gives me hope is that we are at a time and place where we can talk about these things. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, you know the Me Too and the court cases and all of this is creating awareness that's not just good for women, but it's good for children. It's good for everybody it's good for men i have a son and a daughter and want them to have healthy safe lives and i think the fact that we can talk about um, the sexual violence we can talk about our human bodies that that 
we're going, I think, I think our humanity is going in the right direction. We've talked a lot about women's issues, but there's a lot of young men that have mm-hmm. issues that have been through sexual encounters, sexual perversion. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on with these young men. You see it all the time in sports activities where you're, you're right around that, you know, you're always around that same person. You get one person in there that is doing the wrong thing. It can affect a lot of people for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, it shows how that's a power move, right? Mm-hmm. It's using Absolutely sex it organs, but it's a power move. Absolutely. And about 15% of the kids we serve are, are males. Wow. That, that's that's great. Um, how about you, Lindsay? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to piggyback off Maureen. I think we're changing the conversation. We're changing the conversation. We're really, you know, tackling this head on and we're talking about things, which I think is a, a, a positive thing and we're going in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Hera? I think for me, um, just every day as we have clients in the center and we our staff gets to see them as they walk in, and then the difference, even just their physical demeanor, as they leave us, they are in a better place than when they came in. Um, they have a long road ahead of them, but they've been given, <coughs> excuse me, tools. They've been given affirmation um, that they're going to make it, and um, they've got a group that's going to walk alongside them. Um, so I, to see that transformation just in the um, time that they're with us at the center is very um, hope-giving that we're making a huge impact um, for that person at that time. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, it's some, some great. I mean, I can see the hope. I can see it reflected in each one of you as you give the answers. Um, I guess the most important thing here is if somebody has an issue that falls into this category or knows someone that does, how do they reach out to y'all? How do they find y'all? How do they get in contact? Have you got some addresses and phone numbers and all that? I know you do. Yeah, I think the primary way to get in contact with us would be through our 24-hour crisis line. Um, the number to that is 1-866-900-6019. We also have a website, and it's www.mosaicgeorgia.org. Um, you're more than welcome to visit the website and call out 24-7 Crisis Line. There's always going to be somebody that gives you a call back. Terrific. That's, again, 866-900-6019 for the 24-7 number. And it's www.mosaic, M-O-S-A-I-C, Georgia.org. Well, thank you all very much. I mean, this it, I, I can think of a, probably another 100 questions we could go through here and spend another hour But our time is up, and I want to thank you all very, very much for coming on the show and getting your message out. And I think that's what's important to me is you getting your message out, maybe getting some other people to to know that there is help out there if you're in these situations. And it is a confidential help if you want it that way. And confidential is key. I appreciate your saying that, Rick, because we're out and about in the community, but uh, none of us share or acknowledge if we run into somebody out in the community and they have availed themselves of our services. So um, we want people to feel comfortable that confidentiality is a top priority for Mm -hmm. all of us. That's a (laughs) non-negotiable. Well, it's got to be. If you want to get anyone to come in and open up to you, they've got to feel like they can do so without everybody in the world knowing it. That's right. So... Well, listen, thank you again, and thank you for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. 
and sponsored by Sosby's Garage, which is 200 Bayhuic Road in Loganville. Talk with John, 678-825-2127. Their services include air conditioning systems, brakes, alternators, engines, alignments, and about anything else you could possibly think of. And honesty is their top, top, top priority. So, again, remember you can join us live every Wednesday at 1130 in the morning. Or you can listen to our show anytime you want by going to businessradiox.com, clicking on the Gwinnett Studio, and then, of course, click on Case in Point. Join us next week at 1130 when we will talk to business leaders about their business and related security issues in today's world. Thanks again to my guests, uh, Marina, Lindsay, and Era. And appreciate you all coming out to my producer, Mike. And again, I'm Rick Strawn, and remember at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. Mm-hmm.